Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 10th. We are officially into spooky season. We are fresh off of college football week six. We are looking straight into college football week seven. Uh, plenty of fun matchups to go down. If you don't know who we are, we are Statletics. Just a couple dudes who love football and dabble in some analytics here and there. Seth, before we dive in, man, how are we doing? Doing great. Had a great Saturday of football this past weekend. Ready for another one. Just keep going. Yeah, I know. I cannot wait. Uh, not as fun of a slate as it has been the past couple of weeks, but we still got some really good matchups that we want to break down. So uh, if this is the first time you are checking into our show, what we like to do is we like to go through some of the biggest games of the week, uh, break them down statistically, walk through each uh, each matchup comparison, uh, and give our favorite picks against the spread, and uh, go through our model projections. Our model projections are crushing it lately. We had another 60-plus percent hit rate this week. Notably hitting a near perfect projection on the Red River rivalry. So it projected for old, for Oklahoma to score 34 points and win outright. Oklahoma scored 34 points and won outright. So yes, here we are uh, just living it up. If you don't follow us on Twitter, Make sure to do it. It's right there above us. We have all of our college football and NFL projections posted there every week. So don't miss out on that information. Seth, Oregon goes to Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma. Oregon <laughs> goes to Washington. A top 10 matchup between these two Pac-12 teams for the last time. Washington plays uh, is playing great right now. Michael Penix is on fire. He is now leading the Heisman race. Washington is two and a half point home favorites. The total is 67 and a half in this game. There's a new fun wrinkle on this matchup. There are no longer divisions in the Pac-12. So this could not be the last time that they meet. But, oh, it won't be. But this does feel like it's it could be a potential playoff game. Seth. Mm-hmm. Who are you liking this game and why? Um, I'm leaning Washington. Um, I think both offenses are super explosive. I think it's going to be an awesome game. If I'm being honest, the over is probably in my sights for this game. But I do give the defensive edge to Oregon. Um, however, Washington being at home, I I don't love the Washington minus three, but if I could get it at two and a half, I'm definitely going to lean that way. Okay. Okay. So – Right as it stands right now, my model projections, which again you can find on Twitter later this week, Thursday specifically, it has Washington minus three. So it's on the nose with with Vegas right now. So uh, nothing really to take away from the model projections. It does think it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of points in the game, which I could totally see. You have two of you know the top. There's two quarterbacks in here who are in top five Heisman rankings right now across the board. So we could see some fireworks. Oregon, I mean, they're consistent. Dan Lanning has his team rolling on both sides of the ball. Not only are they a top five team in offensive success rate across the board, they are a top 20 team in defensive success rate across the board. Overall success rate on defensive side, 17th in the nation. Overall power success on the defensive side of the ball, 14th in the nation. Uh, and they tie well for rushing and for limiting uh, success on both in both the air and on the ground. So where does that come in for Washington? Washington, we know that they have an elite offense, if not better. In fact, they have the number one overall success rate in the entire FBS. At, again, number one, I said it. I don't even know where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. But the defensive side of the ball is where things get a little crazy. 
they they lack on on uh, some defensive play. Uh, they're 81st overall in the nation in overall defensive success rate. Uh, they're they're relatively good at stopping the pass, but the run is what they don't do well. And now here's the kicker: everybody knows that Oregon they like to pass the ball. They in fact use their short passing game to make up for their lack of running game. So I think this actually bodes well for Washington because where they actually are a little, you know, a little behind in in the league on the defensive side of the ball, stopping the run, Oregon actually is not too great uh, themselves on, on the ground. So uh, this kind of bodes well for Washington. I, I think I'm going to ride Washington. I'm going to trust the projection model uh, and ride this one out. I think that the over is 100% going to hit. I think this is going to be a wild game. I see the total being at like 75 uh, rather than around 67. So I think this team, this game is going to be awesome. Both offenses, they will not fail to score. Uh, It's just a matter of which defense kind of gives up and could very well be a game in which who has the ball last. So Love it. I think the winner of this game actually takes home the Heisman if Caleb Williams falls short. Big if, but if Caleb Williams falls short, the winner, the quarterback that guides this game to a victory, takes home the Heisman. All right, moving on. USC, speaking of Caleb Williams, goes to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's actually coming off of a tough loss against Louisville. So they have two losses. College football playoff is is relatively out of sight for this team. You got to kind of wonder what shape they're going to be in coming into this game. Obviously, the Irish are coming off that big loss. This will be the fourth straight big game that the Irish have played after squaring off against Ohio State, Duke, and obviously the Louisville loss last week. Um, it's got to be some sort of mental toll. You know, this team had their sight sets on the playoff, but I think they still have a lot to play for, especially uh, with guys who have their eyes on the NFL. I think they can also get up and play for Marcus Freeman. Uh, Sam Harden, Hartman certainly has a lot of draft stock that goes into this season, so I don't think he's really going to let off the gas. But, you know, taking down USC certainly will only help them uh, if they do want to have any sort of hope at the postseason. So with that being said, Notre Dame, two-and-a-half-point home favorites in South Bend against USC. So uh, Vegas actually likes them point totals at 63-and-a-half. Do you think Notre Dame covers and wins outright, or do you think USC gets it done? I don't know. I'm having a hard time with this game. I just I, I don't know if Notre Dame's offense is going to have enough to keep up with Caleb Williams and USC. Coming off a tough game against um, Arizona, USC got everything they could handle. I think it might have been a big wake-up call for them. They've, they've got to be careful here. They're 6-0. You're playing a 5-2 and Notre Dame team that's still, like you said, highly motivated. So you can't, you can't take your foot off the gas with this game. I do think that USC can get it done, but I think it's going to be a game that comes down to the last possession. And I could see a game-winning field goal. I, I don't know, but I, I like USC here. Yeah, I I have to agree, uh, and this is tough for me because I'm actually going against my model projections. The model has USC winning outright, but I think that Notre Dame wins. You got Notre Dame? I got Notre Dame. I think they win outright. I think at home in South Bend, they get their hopes up. I think everybody shows up. I do agree with everything you said about USC, and I think they will certainly put up a fight. But Notre Dame is the pick for me on my end. I'm going against the projections, which I don't like to do. But, yeah, I just – The model has USC 38, Notre Dame 33. 
Okay. So uh, we expect some points, but I think Notre Dame's defense at home is really going to show out. And I think that uh, I think with what we've seen out of USC's defense, Notre Dame's not going to fail to score like they have in the past few games. Okay. So I think uh, I think Sam Hartman's you know uh, again going to going to pad his stats, getting ready for the NFL. And again, I mean, I just don't think a Marcus Freeman led team is going to like lay down uh, so quickly, even though the playoff is. is pretty much out of sight. Uh, statistically speaking, I mean, obviously USC's offense is, you know, leading the pack here ahead of Notre Dame, but Notre Dame saw some impressive numbers, 24th overall in the nation offensive success rate, uh, middle of the pack in rushing success rate and passing success rate uh, right around those numbers. Their defense is what stands out to me, though, 15th overall and overall defensive success rate, and they're really good at stopping the pass. They have a lot of success stopping the pass, ninth overall in the nation in terms of passing success rate on the defensive side of the ball. So that certainly bodes well. They're not going to really be able to run the ball against this Notre Dame front. So uh, I think that we see a Notre Dame win. Looking at the money, 52% 52% of the bets are on USC. 67% of the money is on USC. A uh, little bit of a, a marginal favorite for USC, but nothing crazy in the Vegas numbers. So count that as a beer bet, baby. Let's yeah, go. Let's say that, that made me feel a little better. Every time you say like 90% of the money is on one side, it just makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? So, hey, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and Drop your favorite picks of the week. We love seeing what you guys got cooked up on the books uh, and let us know if we missed out on anything. Next matchup, UCLA goes to Oregon State. Oregon State looked impressive last week. Going on the road, taking care of business against Cal in a spot that a lot of teams may have suffered a letdown. This week, they're back at home facing a US UCLA team that rebounded from a road loss to Utah by beating the Washington State team that actually just beat the Beavers not too long ago. This is a must-win game for both teams if they hope to keep their Pac-12 title hopes alive. So a lot on the line in a big conference matchup. Right now, as it stands, Oregon State is favored by four at home. Point total is 54.5. The model likes Oregon State to win by two, which means UCLA to cover. So uh, the model actually thinks UCLA can cover, but Oregon State wins so nothing crazy to really take away from the the model projections but seth who do you think takes this game and why um i like oregon state i hate going against the model it's been doing it's been doing us wonders lately but i just i have a hard time having ucla scoring too many points or scoring enough points to stay in this game that ucla offense can be very difficult to watch at times especially that utah game that one still resonates with me uh, but Oregon State at home, give me the Beavers to cover. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go yeah. I'm gonna go with the projections, man. I'm gonna okay, ride those projections. I gotta do it. Uh, and the only reason I say this is because uh you so UCLA's offense is not near as dynamic as it has been in the past. It's still finding success. Um especially in the passing game and a little bit in the run game. Mm. But I think that UCLA's defense is a way better across the board entirely than Oregon State's defense. So I think that UCLA is going to give themselves a chance on the defensive side of the ball to pace Oregon State and score more points. Looking at the numbers, 23rd overall in the nation in terms of overall defensive success rate for UCLA. 
which is kind of crazy. We've never seen this from a UCLA team in recent history. You know, I, we've never seen a respectable defense. So oh, they're, really, they're really good at limiting explosive plays. Actually, they're sixth in the country in terms of limiting explosive plays, uh, especially in the rushing game. So I think that Oregon State's really going to have to lean on DJ Ugalele's arm. But I like UCLA. I'm going to take the model projections ride with them. If we look at the money, nothing really crazy going on. 60% of the total bets are on Oregon State. 62% of the money is on Oregon State. And if you like UCLA, this money, this line's probably going to drop down to three and a half or three points here in the near future. But if you're on Seth's side, I would certainly grab that number now. All right, moving on. We got an SEC conference matchup. Red Hot LSU Tigers are at home versus Auburn. LSU is 11.5 point favorites right now, 62.5 point total. They may have lost twice already, but only one of the losses have come in conference play against Ole Miss. Right now, they're the only SEC West team with a realistic chance of taking the division from Alabama outside of Ole Miss. Not only do they get to face the Tide later this year, but the other two one-loss teams in the division lost to Alabama. Ole Miss, Mm -hmm. which effectively gives the tie to two-game lead on them. So will Auburn prove to be the team that LSU's defense figures out a way to slow down? The 11-point spread suggests so, but we may see a little bit of magic from Hugh Freeze. In this game, Seth, who do you like and why? So before I tell you, I love Jaden McDaniels in this LSU offense. I think that they are easily one of the best in the country, and I don't even think it's close. But after watching the Ole Miss-Missouri game, I know LSU came back and pulled it out, but that, that LSU defense is unbearable to watch. I think they have major issues slowing the throw. They just It's just a hot knife through butter with them. And I think Auburn, who has kind of struggled offensively this season, is going to find their way on offense, and I think they're going to keep this game within 11 points. I agree. The model thinks Auburn covers with ease, I'm looking at the defensive ratings comparison right here. LSU is all in the red. They are 105th overall in the nation in defensive success rate overall, 125th in the nation in limiting explosive plays on the defensive side of the ball, and 120th in the nation in overall power success. So people are literally having their way with this LSU defense. There is nothing stopping teams right now on this. I mean, it's amazing. I, I never thought a defense with McKay Wingo, Harold Perkins, and then some would be this bad. So yeah. uh, just a, a gross mishandling by uh, Brian Kelly and company on the LSU side. Uh, they certainly have the offensive talent to keep up in this game and win outright. But uh, I, I'm trusting the model on this one, and I think Auburn can get it done against LSU relatively easily um you know i think uh i would be shocked if if lsu went out there and had total dominance like the 12 point spread to me is pretty big it started off at 13 and a half and i think people are slowly starting to catch on uh 78 of the total bets are on auburn 50 percent of the handle money is on auburn as well so a near even split in the money but i like auburn in here projections like auburn in here i think i'm going to take them i like it Okay, well, this is going to be a funny one. Miami goes to North Carolina. And before I dive any more, <laughs> we can't we can't not mention what Mario Cristobal did this past week. What a piss poor coach, coaching job by him. 
Like, I don't have words to describe. Like, I just doesn't make logical sense when the clock is under 40 seconds. Why are you running the ball? Why is no one on the sideline in his ear saying, what are you doing? I just don't get it. Dude, it is just awful. I don't get it myself because you like Mario. That's all on Mario Crystal Ball, no doubt. But how how do you get away with doing that? How do you how do you not have like at least a couple of guys on your staff being like, "Don't be an idiot. You're kind of retarded right now." Yeah. Like if you like, they have no timeouts. Literally, we can kneel it out. I. I just don't get it, dude. I mean, that's a fireable offense. Yes. And, and that 100% is – the problem is is they gave him too much money recently. You can't fire him. I think you'd own, what, $70 million or something? Some, dude, something ridiculous, but just awful, awful, awful. So, I mean, if, if Mario Cristobal understood some late game clock management, this could have been an epic showdown between two undefeated teams, mm-hmm. top 15 teams certain nonetheless, but – but it's not. So the Canes blew that game against Georgia Tech, and they come into this game with that lo- that one loss. They're barely clinging on to a top 25 spot right now. Can the Canes recover after shooting themselves in the foot and being embarrassed on national on the national stage? Uh, but the Tar Heels are coming off in a blowout win against a good Syracuse team. Drake May seems to be peaking at the perfect time. Mm-hmm. North Carolina is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, 57-point overall point total do you think miami can rally and get it done or do you think the tory heels put on more steam and cover in this game i'm not saying miami can't recover but if i'm on that football team i instantly lost a lot of faith in my coaching staff and the whole mission of what we're doing that that is inexcusable i know we keep harping on it but it's just it's unfathomable what they did um, on the other side, you have North Carolina, who's rolling, looked awesome against Syracuse. Drake May, phenomenal quarterback. I think North Carolina has all the confidence in the world to come out here and beat Miami by a touchdown or two. Yeah, I mean, so the the model projections actually have this as a three-point game. So it, it's in alignment with, uh, with the Vegas spread right now. Um, looking at the money – Everybody thinks North Carolina is going to cover too. It's 83% of the tickets are on North Carolina, 83% of the handles on North Carolina. So with that being said, I mean, I understand why too. You know, obviously last week, just a gross loss, horrible coaching, just everything. So um, I, I think that with this game being in North Carolina, and I think that with the, the, embarrassment that the team faced last week. I think there's going to be some locker room issues. I think there's going to be total lack of trust in Mario Cristobal and the rest of the coaching staff uh, from the teammates due to this. I just, I can't see a Miami team coming out here and being motivated to come out here and get the dub. So uh, certainly they can, and they can obviously win outright. They have the team to be able to do that. And statistically, they have the team to be able to do that. They actually have a better success rate on the offensive side of the ball on both the passing game and the rushing game than North Carolina. So if we look at those numbers on paper, they have to, but this is more of a field game for me. I think I have to trust North Carolina. They're riding high. They've only gotten better each week. And I think they're going to take it to the Canes at home this week. So should be a fun one. All right. Last game I wanted to walk through. I will re- reserve myself from making a pick, but I will drop in some stuff and enlighten. Uh, <laughs> so if you don't know me, I am a double Tennessee grad. So 
I have a lot of stake in the game. Uh, in this game in particular, Texas A&M goes to Tennessee. Tennessee is three-and-a-half-point home favorites. Texas A&M coming off of a really tough loss against Alabama uh, last week. This is a 56-point total game. So Texas A&M, you know, coming off a tough loss against Bama, they still have some something to fight for in the SEC, but uh, they have to go to Neyland and play in the 330 game. Uh, certainly a tough crowd, but Tennessee – uh, looks like they're lacking the offensive power that they had last year, and we all know how they are on the defensive side of the ball. Before I dive into some of the numbers, Seth, what do you think about this game and why? I think this has the potential to be one of the best games of the season. Um, I The spread is in an awkward spot for me. I like Texas A&M plus 3.5, but I think Tennessee wins outright. Also, I see a lot of Tennessee fans – just bash Milton. And I still think Milton has the capability to do some great things this season. I mean, Tennessee's four and one. You still have your sights set on the SEC championship. Playoffs are not out of the question. I think this is a huge opportunity for Milton to step up, have a big game, and provide a big win for Tennessee that could propel them going forward and build momentum. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look, here, I'm back and forth. And as somebody who watches Tennessee, like, nonstop even throughout the week i think milton has a lot of upside and the problem is is that he really makes some boneheaded mistakes every now and then and those boneheaded mistakes can really affect this team moving forward considering that the the vols heavily rely on their offense their defense you know is hit or miss we have no idea what they're going to come through on the defensive side of the ball so it's all on the offense and some of those mistakes can really be detrimental to Tennessee season as we saw in the Florida game. So if they're going to come in and win this game, Joe Milton has to be smart. No ifs, ands, or buts. I'm not sure if he can do that, but that is the key to success. It really just relies on Joe Milton's decision-making because people see the box score of the South Carolina game last week, but nobody really sees the, the two errant interceptions that were thrown by him. Uh, that were just really, really bad decisions. And so if he cleans that up, they'll be fine. But, you know, that's that's where the that's where the trouble comes in for Tennessee is really Joe Milne's decision making and if Hypel trusts him in this offense and to make decisions in this offense. Texas AM, main they have the roster and the real the thing that's gonna keep them in this game is their defense. They have they have a phenomenal defense. They lead the league in uh, tackles for loss. Uh, they lead the league in contact behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, They're eighth overall in the nation in overall defensive success rate, uh, 15th overall again in passing success rate, 10th overall in rushing success rate. Uh, they limit explosive rushing plays, which is not good for Tennessee. They actually lean on the rushing game more than people realize. They think it's an air raid, but it's certainly not. They actually run the ball more than they pass the ball. Um, but Aggies, they have a really good offense, not really good, but decent 38th mm-hmm. overall in the nation and overall office of success rate. So middle of the pack here, their top third team, um, they, they aren't really explosive, uh, but they're, they're more consistent against bad teams. So this will be a fun game. I got to give the people the projections, you know, it, it scares me, but the projections have Tennessee winning by 10. Uh, so kind of a hefty, hefty loss, but you know, it sometimes it skews the data, some of those high scoring games every now and then. So, um, but the model gives Tennessee like five points anytime they're at home. So 
So that's where that's coming from. The fact that it is at Neyland is mm-hmm. very, very, very favorable for Tennessee because it's really night and day difference for them uh, at home versus away. So um, I expect this to be a great game, and it really boils down to Joe Milne's decision-making. 51% of the bets are on Texas A&M. 97% of the money is on Texas A&M. Oh, my Heavy God. money on the Aggies. So uh, if you read into that type of thing, that's that's what I'm seeing over here on Action Network. We're seeing some big money on A&M. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, Tennessee can play the 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 Vegas underdogs. I know they're favored by three and a half points, but certainly the public and the big Ooh. money is on A and M. Yeah, so we'll see. No pick for me. I can't give a give my play in the game, but uh, I got to give the people uh, the information necessary for them to make a pick. All right, Absolutely. hey, moving on. I uh, got a couple more picks. Not necessarily uh, big game breakdowns, but I got a few model picks that. I that the model gave me that were big discrepancies, and I think I'm going to take some plays on them. Okay. One of them being Memphis plus five versus Tulane. This number keeps dropping. It opened up around three. Now it's plus five. So the model loves Memphis to win outright by one. So mm-hmm. I'm taking the Tigers this week. And next one that I'm taking, Indiana plus 34 versus Michigan. This game is in Ann Arbor. So <laughs> I, it, I know. So – this actually was like a 34 to 14 um, projection. Okay. So it, it, it thinks they cover by 10, but the what, what I was seeing was the pace of play. In these sims, the pace of play is really slow. Yeah. And we've seen that. We saw that with Michigan and East Carolina earlier this year. You actually had a bet on that because you were like, there's just no way Michigan's going to play fast enough to score that many points. Right. So same situation here. Model thinks the same here. Next one. Pittsburgh plus eight and a half versus Louisville. Louisville is steamrolling, but the model actually likes Pittsburgh to lose by five and a half instead of eight and a half. So uh, a three point, three point lay right there for the model projections. Pittsburgh plus eight and a half plus nine if you can get it on some books. Mm-hmm. Next, Texas Tech plus two versus Kansas State. It actually likes Texas Tech to win by two outright. So a four point swing by the model projections that I'm going to take this week. And lastly, Purdue plus 20 versus Ohio state. Ohio state's offense is not as electric as it has been in the past few years. It's defense certainly is, but the model thinks it'll be a slower paced, lower scoring game than what Vegas is seeing right here. It doesn't think it's really going to reach uh, that 20-point margin. They, it still likes Ohio State to win by about 17, 18, but uh, I'm seeing a low-scoring game, which inclines me to take a big spread by the dog. So that's what I have for model projections this week. Seth, do you have any more that you'd like to lay on the table for us? Nope. I think we hit them all that I wanted to hit. Awesome. Awesome. So guys, we appreciate you listening in. Make sure to follow our Twitter to see all of our model projections. And then some, we'll be back here next week for college football week eight. Talk to you guys later.